The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 41. Why is brand awareness important in the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports marketing. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Daniel McCauley. Daniel is the founder and managing director of Brandwave, where he specialises in working with iconic brands, athletes and associations in the sports industry to increase their presence with their target markets. For that reason, it's brilliant to have Daniel as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Daniel will share his sports career journey and explain why brand awareness is so important in the sports industry. Dan, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Thank you very much for having me. Um, I grew up in southwest Ireland um, by the beach, and um, I was really lucky because I was surrounded by uh, really good surf and surfers and windsurfers and sailors and and uh, quite a lot of a lot of different sports and. All my friends, all my family were into it. So I started really, really young and, um, and I got into teaching quite a lot of different sports really young and I got into competing um, quite young as well. So it's always been a part of my life and I'm massively grateful for that because it, you know, I'm a huge believer in sport as, as a catalyst for, for positive change, I think both on a personal level and on a societal level. And it, it's really defined for me everything you know who, who my friends are the clothes I wear the places I travel the car I drive it's 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 to find every part of my life so far what inspired you to then work in sport for me they were the people I aspire to you know the the of the course there's so many different areas that you can you can work in within the sports industry but you know they, they say that if you if you love what you do you never work a day in your life and <laughs> For sure, I don't. I don't believe that's entirely true, but but I, but I do believe that the, the happiest people that, that I meet are the people who love what they do, and you know, people who work in the sports industry, they they stay young, you know, um, they stay young at heart at least, and it's you meet a lot of really cool, inspirational people who who love their their lives, and, and that was all the inspiration I needed to get to get into this industry. I couldn't agree more with the inspirational side. I'm learning that through this sort of podcast journey. Even speaking to you today, it's just great to hear. Would you mind explaining to the listeners a bit more of your educational background in where you are today, if that makes sense, looking back from your career? Um, sure. I, I did a degree in marketing. You know, I've, I've always been um, interested in, in psychology and, and creativity, and I think marketing um, you know, it encapsulated that pretty well. Um, and 
I actually went on and I also did a, an MBA afterwards. But um, I certainly don't think that, 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 that a classical education, you know, like that is is necessarily the best route. And, you know, some of the, the most successful people I know have come, you know, from, from an athlete background. Um, and I think the most important thing is to, you know, one, to, to know the sport that you're in. If you want to work in that industry, you have to know it inside out. And two, to, to be really, really passionate about it. And, and three, to, you know, when you talk about education, this industry moves so quickly, especially the digital side of it. Skills become obsolete so quickly. You've got to be able to keep on reinventing yourself and keep on learning and keep on retraining. That's, that, for me, is, is the most important part of education. Would you mind explaining the core skills you've learned with regards to working in the sports industry? Yeah, I think um, I think networking is is a really really important skill. You know, uh, people people skills, um, and I think um, I think tenacity is another really Im- important skill. You know, this is it's it's not the easiest industry to get into. Um, you know, it's not the kind of thing that you see advertised down the local job centre. You know, it's not the kind of job that. Um, that a lot of traditional career paths would, would lead you to. So I think um, just the ability to stick with it and, and keep on trying and, and you know, if you get knocked down, get back up again. That's probably the most important uh, skill that I'm, that I'm still uh, still learning. Same here. And you're absolutely right about the networking. I'm learning that throughout this journey, but also learning about the industry as well. Just getting back to today's main topic then, why is brand awareness so important in the sports industry? I think that brand awareness is one of the most crucial things to any brand. And, you know, a brand could be anything, right? A brand could be, you know, um, it could be a product, it could be a service, it could be an association, it could be... An athlete. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're all brands, right? And people have got to, you know, you, you need reach. People have got to, you know, know about you. Otherwise, they can't buy into you. But the thing about awareness is, it's just that. So, you know, a classic example would be um, a brand who sponsors a, a football team and, you know, everyone sees the logo on the front of the shirts, but nobody has any idea um, in some instances what, what, what the product is. You know, they may have seen it every day, um, but sometimes they know what the product is, but that's it. You know, they don't, they don't have any emotional attachments to it or they don't know where it sits um, in relation to its competitors. So... I think awareness is important, but more important than awareness is your brand's positioning. And your, your brand positioning is where your brand is positioned in the mind of the consumers, the emotions that they associate with your brand. And I think that, you know, that positioning happens the, the instant that someone hears about your, your brand. You know, it depends where they heard about it, who they heard it from, and people start forming opinions and views and, and they can change, but the brands that are positioned really well and really clearly, they're the ones that, um, that, that succeed. And I, I talk a lot about something that I call brand transcendence, um, which roughly defined is that your brand positioning done properly should define everything that your brand is and does both internally and externally. So by, by done properly, I mean, there's no point in having 
saying, look, this is our brand positioning and it goes in a, in a brand guidelines and it's got some pretty pictures and then you, you shove it in a drawer. And, it, you know, that's just, that's an exercise in vanity, I think. Done properly, it should affect everything that your company does internally and, and, and externally. So I'll give you some examples of that. Um, say you have a, an apparel brand and you decide that it, your, your, your positioning is going to be all around, you know, being ethical. Um, you know, other people are more about performance. Other people are more about the team. You're going to really, really nail your colors to the flag on that. Well, how, how does that affect a brand internally? Well, I think that the first thing that affects is um, HR. It affects your recruitment. Because if, you're, if that's what you stand for and you know and you're really communicating that, then it's really, really going to help your recruitment process because – you know, the people who are looking for a job can say, hey, this really isn't for me or this really is for me. So you're going to get more um, suitable applicants. Um, but then when they get the job, you know, if it's something that they really believe in, they're going to align their values with, with your company and they're going to be better at their jobs because they're passionate about it. But it's going to be much less about the money, about the career pro progression, um, and they're much more likely to stay. So it affects your HR. Of course, you know, if you're going to go down, say, the ethical route, it's going to affect your suppliers because you, uh, you, know, you, you can't necessarily use all the same suppliers as, as the other brands. And you need to really look into that. And quite a few brands get caught out on that. Um, it's, going to affect your, um, it's going to affect your product line and it's going to affect your processes, um, a classic example of that would be, say, the body shop in the 70s and 80s when um, they said that our process is, is not to animal test. And you can, you can really use that brand positioning, you know, and, and your internal process to, to define yourself. And then I, I mentioned that brand positioning, it, of course, affects things externally as well because so many brands are chasing the cool. And, you know, it's like that friend you have who never really knows who they are. And, and you've got another friend who just always seems to know exactly who they are. But if you're chasing the cool, people can't really align themselves with you. They can't say that you're one of us. So those brands that project something very, very clearly, um, their target market can align their values with you. And, you know, people always make a choice when they buy a product and they use it as an identifier. So if you really know what a brand stands for, you can say that I'm wearing this jacket or I'm driving this car and that says something about me. And, you know, I know what it is. The brand knows what it is, but also everyone else knows what it is. And it's going to affect your marketing. You can always tell the brands, you know, who've got, who have got less generic marketing, you know, they, they really stand for something. So it affects many, many other things too. But the most important thing for me is, as I think, Brand awareness is super important, but once you have that awareness, what's, what's more important is really, really clear brand positioning that, that transcends all aspects of your business. Dan, I find this really interesting, an area I'm even learning as well. What inspired you then to set up your own company? I was really lucky. Um, I got a great job when I was in my early 20s. I was marketing um, director for O'Neill, um, the Californian surf brand for the European, company, uh, European countries. And um, I inherited some agencies and I took on some agencies myself. Um, and these are what I call generic agencies. And, you know, they were, don't get me wrong, they were, they were good agencies, um, but they did everything. And I would talk about the athletes 
I'll talk about the trade shows I go to. I'll talk about the technologies. I'll talk about the competitors. And I kind of get this glazed look, you know, and they'd say, you know, we, we can learn that. And I was, I was more of, well, I need somebody who knows this already. And I just, I just saw the white space. I just saw the opportunity. Um, so I set up Brownwave 10 years ago. And, um, you know, our, our, our products and services have evolved, but our, our core ethos hasn't changed since day one. And that is that we understand your target market because we are your target market. And everybody who, um, who works for us from uh, amateurs like myself through to Olympic athletes, you know, they've got that passion. And I think, I think a lot of our clients, um, yes, of course, they come to us for, for, for what we do, but they, they come as much or if not more for, for why we do it. Would you mind explaining to the listeners the type of service you provide just from a industry perspective of understanding? Yeah, um, we provide sort of three key services. Um, that is strategic, creative and digital. Um, so strategic is marketing consultancy. And um, most of the time we, uh, we work with global brands and um, the consultancy stuff is, is the internal stuff, right? It's the foundations and everything gets built on top of that. So a lot of what we do is what I would call framework pieces. So um, that's oftentimes when a brand um, is being you know, run by the owners and, and they have direct control of it. But then as they start to scale and they get um, distributors, agencies, licensees, franchisees, suddenly the, the brand starts to get very diluted and they don't know how to control it. So we do a lot of the, the work around things like brand guidelines, tone of voice guidelines, visual identity guidelines, all these kind of things, um, and helping them grow a brand globally with clarity and, and consistency. And then the second part of the business is the creative, which I guess is the part that we're best known for. Um, that stuff you do see. Um, the, we generally work as lead agencies. So we'll come up with the name of the product. The, the, sometimes there's some strategy work behind all this. Um, and we come up with what we call the creative deck. So that would be things like the, the print and online advertising, the brochures, the store concepts, the packaging, um, sometimes the, the social strategy. And, and then oftentimes that's given to the brands and, it's, and, it's, and they give it to all their partner agencies around the world for regional execution. And then the third part of the, of the business, and definitely the fastest growing part of the business, is the, the digital, the digital side. And you know, we live in in the digital age. And when I, when I started marketing, it was kind of this dark art because everyone said, you know, you can never tell, you know, your return on investment on anything that we're doing nowadays. It's the opposite. You know, you've got data coming out your eyes and. Um, people like that and, you know, and the accountants like that because they can see, you know, strategically where to put their money. And, you know, a lot of people are investing in websites. We're doing a lot more multilingual, multi-currency websites. Um, but also a lot of people are investing in, in digital campaigns um, because you get such an incredible bang for your buck, you know, and you, you have that massive, massive reach um, without ever having to leave your office. Just relating back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? We've been up to quite a bit recently. So we just um, we just celebrated ten years of, of Brownwave, and uh, we had a pretty big party. Um, that's that's nuts for me because it seems like yesterday it was just me and my cat, and you know, <laughs> a pad and some paper, and 
yeah, that's that's that was really really fun. Um, we also opened a new office in uh, in Munich in Germany at the beginning of last year, and that's gone really well. Um, Germany is the the European capital, maybe the world capital for, for sports. You know, all the different trade shows for action sports, for for bike, for materials, they're all in Germany. Many of the biggest brands or the European headquarters are in Germany and, and many of the suppliers are there. So we had um, quite a few native Germans over here in, in, in the UK, but eventually we decided, you know, we, we need bricks and mortar in Germany. So that's been a, a learning curve for sure, but but um, I'm really happy with the results. And then um, quite a lot of new team as well. We've, uh, we've taken on a lot of uh, sort of next generation team at the moment and they're all settling in and I, I really love that part of the job. So that's good. That's great to hear. Just on a personal note, Dan, what have you enjoyed the most from the work you've done from the last 10 years looking back now? I think on a personal level, it's the, um, it's the people um, for sure. Um, the people who, who, who work for us, you know, and I never dreamt that that we would have some of the caliber of, of people who work for us, you know, the, the real thing. And uh, I think, you know, I'm inspired by them <laughs> more than they're inspired by me. And I think some of the, the clients as well, you know, we're in a lucky position. We get to work with, you know, some of our heroes and we all, you know, we, we all get a, a, a little bit uh, starstruck. Um, but there's some of the people that you maybe you know are not so famous, but just incredible people as well. And and you know some of these guys, you know, they're so passionate about what they do, and it really, you know, that really inspires us, and, and we really want to do a good job and, and impress them. So that I'd say the people is is my uh, is my favorite part. Dan, I can definitely hear the passion coming out of your voice right now, and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry? I think the most important thing is is knowing where you want to go. Um, because if you don't have a destination that you want to get to, then, then then you're just drifting around. And it's okay to change that, you know, but you, you've got to have a plan. So I think rather than saying, you know, I just want to work in the sports industry, I'll, I'll take anything and, and sort of drifting from one thing to the next. It's important to look to the, the kind of roles and the kind of people that, that you aspire to. You know, and you can say, well, maybe in three or five or 10 years time, this is where I want to be. And once, once you define that, that, that place, then you can start, you know, saying, well, look, how am I going to get there? And you're going to need this kind of training. I'm going to need this kind of experience. You can start building a plan. Um, to get to where you want to go. Dan, that's a great piece of advice, and I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you? They can come through our website, brownwavemarketing.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, at Brownwave Team, um, or if you want to email us, um, info at brownwavemarketing.com. That is great, Dan. To all the listeners listening in, all of those links where you can connect with Dan will be on my website relating to this blog post. Dan, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. That's my pleasure. Thank you. Wow, what a really interesting interview by Dan. And I really do hope you took on board what Dan was saying during that interview. The biggest area I learned the most from what Dan was saying about brand awareness is that things have moved on, things have changed. Just putting a logo on a shirt doesn't really have much meaning anymore. It's all about the meaning the company brings. That's how people get engaged. That's how people get involved and get interested in 
the type of services or the products the company promotes. And that is an area I'm learning with regards to this podcast journey. And it's important for me, for example, to recognise that to where it fits in the sports industry. But most of all, I really do hope you took on board the career advice Dan was saying during that interview, because what he was saying, especially where he specialises in and this sector of the sports industry, it's so important that you are really creative because that's what companies need. That's what companies want. Because at the end of the day, doesn't matter what your service is, doesn't matter what your product is, creative people are the ones who come up with the ideas to make them stand out from the crowd. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Dan said, the most important thing is to know where you want to go, because if you don't have a destination, you will drift around. It's okay to do that, but you've got to have a plan of action. So it's important to research the type of roles and the people in those roles who inspire you.